Welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, we share some hints, tips and advice on the morning or afternoon of your exam. How you can channel some positive energy and some things that you maybe want to think about avoiding. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience and if you'd like to join us to share ideas in a future show, you can register for them. We've popped a link in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum and Podcast. I'm joined this evening with a a live group of students on Zoom and my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Ben. Uh, How's your week been? I think last week you were teaching. Has this week brought more teaching? More teaching. It, It kind of goes with the territory this time of year. Incredibly busy now in the final push to exams being sat before we, we, we break for the new year. Um, I've actually been up in Ipswich this week in the, the fine town of Ipswich. So I am sitting here this evening after my class in Ipswich. Um, it's dark out of the window, but um, I'm having a good week. How's your week going? Yeah, good. But that's that's you know, last week you were in Norwich, weren't you, I think? And um, I think the week before that in Cambridge. And then it, we don't need to go back too much further until you were in the car park of a sports centre waiting to go and watch some netball. So you certainly get around. I, I'm at home in Essex. Don't tend to go much further than that. Um, but yeah, this week's been good. I um, was um, in Southend doing my last day of South, teaching in Southend for the year on Tuesday. And today I've been in London town um to a a big marketing conference and one of the things we're actually looking at Ben and you might you might be interested in this is we're we're looking at uh we're looking at uh people that produce uh promotional material and um the kind of things that that companies kind of like give away as corporate gifts and things like that and something that one of our our colleagues Shelley's the genius idea of doing is getting um getting some metal water bottles kind of commissioned with a lovely first intuition piece of branding on it but getting people's names etched into them okay so that we can give them to them when they qualify so if you imagine you've finished your AAT exams to get a nice first intuition bottle with your name on it and then your AAT letters after it um, as one of the first things that you'll receive with a kind of that recognition of the letters that you now carry so that's something we've been looking at today at who can who we can commission to make these for us so watch this space and then hopefully we'll start seeing them being produced over the next year or so fabulous idea i am all for a bit of branded first intuition merch although um i still haven't got a first intuition hoodie they are very scarce aren't they um i don't have one my 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 wife has got one um and i've seen people wear them but I, i don't yet have them i do have a member of staff that is desperate for us to get first intuition polo shirts um, which he would like to be wearing to work every day. So, but I think he just wants us to buy his clothes so that he can wear them to work every day. Um, but he's, yeah, he, he's kids asking when we can get those made. The, the things I really like, one of the, the good bits of merch we've had are some sticky tabs that you can use in your folders to tab things up and, and just make bits stand out. So um, look out for those. We, we should run some form of competition on the podcast shouldn't we where where we kind of send out some merch every week for somebody that emails us with a suggestion or or gives us a topic that we can discuss on a future show people in the chat are already already saying they love the sticky tabs and and someone said could we produce to-do lists 
So I imagine there will be kind of sheets that you can write your to-do list on with probably to-do written at the top of them. Um, yeah, so I like that as an idea. Um, one thing that I wanted, and no one else would back me up on this as something we could get, is we go to loads of careers fairs for schools. And I always think you want to you know, give things away that say a little bit about who you are, but something that's memorable and people will remember you kind of long after they've gone away. And I always think that you know, things like pens, which everyone has, is that you, know, you come away from a careers event as a student and you've got 10 pens and you'll just use one of them. But the other nine will go in a drawer and someone else will grab and you're never going to come back to it and remember, oh, yeah, that, they, those are the people that talk so inspiringly about accountancy. So I wanted to get phone boomerangs with first intuition on them because who is going to pick up a boomerang and not want to throw it around the house and things like that anyone's going to want that but I was shouted down as they couldn't see why we would want to have those yeah I'm, I'm sorry on that one mate I think I would be a, a thumbs down to a phone boomerang as a suggestion but you're, you're happy with a pen that people will just leave somewhere and forget in in, in my house at the moment yeah pet pens are scarce to find quite often in the kitchen when I need to quickly make some notes or do some last minute marking. So I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of the, the freebie pens, actually. But speaking of scarcity, I bet you don't know where your nearest boomerang is. <laughs> no, no, I, I suppose there is that. There is that. And, and we, we can brand it. I'm, I'm thinking my marketing hat is on now. Maybe we could brand it around the fact that students like to come back to study with us again for another level or something. That There is clearly some messages around the 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 iconic nature of the boomerang there you go there you go <laughs> fantastic well we're, we're suddenly at risk of turning this into marketing strategy brainstorming session <laughs> um and i'm conscious we have actually got a subject matter that we we were going to talk about this evening so as we're recording this it is really really busy season lots of students and, and lots of stuff in the chat box this evening already with students telling us that they are preparing for an exam in the coming days, the coming weeks. It's a, a subject that we have covered before, but in my view, it never hurts to just go back over, remind people, have another chat about some of the really important things to plan to do and some of the things to potentially be aware of and avoid in the, the run-up and particularly in the last day before or during your exam. Dave, I know we've covered these sorts of things before, but in our world, we tend to go through cycles with students and there might be a number of people listening to this who haven't discussed this before, or maybe it's come at a really opportune time for a reminder. What, what's your view on going back over stuff again and again and again? I'm always reminded by um, an interview that I heard with the the former Labour Party spin doctor, Alistair Campbell, who is someone that I, I, I kind of enjoy hearing him speak. And he talks a lot about electioneering and election strategy. And he said that when he was running the, um, the successful um, campaigns for the Labour Party in the late 90s and the early 2000s, um, he had a series of messages that he wanted everyone he was that was campaigning to talk about. And he said, at the point when you are utterly, utterly sick of hearing the same thing again and again and again, and you think that everyone in the world must be bored, 
that's probably the time that it's starting to sink in. And I think that we suffer from the, the fact that we, we hear these messages all the time because our job is education. So every day I'm looking at, you know, you know, what different things can we do to improve learning and what can we do to improve outcomes and improve pass rates? So I immerse myself in it. And we know that there are certain things that if you do them on a regular basis, they will improve your results. And to me, it sounds like a broken record, but I'm aware that I only come in contact with, with say, you know, my AAT class, I come in contact with them once a week and I'm telling them about, you know, different technical things. And I will talk a little bit about exam success, but, you know, they're going to come away at the end of it thinking, oh, Dave taught me about budgeting today and I know how important that is. And there was something about things that I needed to do over the next few weeks, but that I can only kind of remember. So by repeating it, you know, over kind of for me, it'll be but yeah, just spending 10 minutes over eight weeks talking about what we need to do to be successful in the exam. I'm hopeful that some of it will have, you know, kind of sunk into their memory and they will apply some of that. And by us talking about it on a podcast, well, the last time we talked about this was probably three months ago. And if someone listened to our podcast three months ago, and they can still remember word for word everything that we talked about three months ago. They've probably got a photographic memory, which means they should have no problem passing the exam and they could probably switch off for now. But for normal people like you and I, Ben, we need that repetition to make sure that things do actually engage in our long term memory. We certainly do. And one of the real benefits of doing it as the live forum is we have got a group of active studiers and students with us. Guys, if you want to share anything that you do, anything that you avoid in the build-up, the run-up, or on the day of the exam. The other element to the forum is you can actually share tips with each other. It's not just a case of listening to what Ben and Dave say and think. You are a very powerful um, facilitation of, of each other's ideas and, and support for each other. So just a reminder, you can use the chat box if you want to pop in any thoughts as we're going through. If there are some things that you think that's something I've always strived to do or I'm working to do, um, please share in the chat box. Fantastic. Right. So do's and don'ts, good exam preparation or bad exam preparation. The first thing I was going to just discuss and remind people of is actually packing your kit bag. I asked my class today what would be their tips. They are a group of ICAW learners. They've done a few exams in recent years. And one of the, the girls sitting in the front row said, I always make a conscious effort to make sure all of my bag is packed the night before the exam. So I'm not stressing on finding things. What sort of stuff would you be suggesting students packing their kit bag the night before the exam, Dave? Depends which exam they're doing. Um, because obviously different exams have got um, slightly different requirements in terms of the things you can and can't take into the exam. Um, for me, always have you got the calculator that you know and trust um, and making sure that you have got that calculator, making sure that it doesn't, you should have already made sure that it meets the requirements. Um, and then in case it's, I know someone has just chipped into our chat and just said two calculators, just in case. If you have got two calculators, then yes, um, take a spare just in case. Um, the, only, the only thing I would just 
be bigger careful with this make sure there's calculators you know and trust the last thing you want to do is to break open a calculator you've not used do your answer then it has it give it then it gives you the answer in that horrible fractional format or something like that and it's like oh no how do i change the mode you don't want to be sat there in the exam panicking over changing the mode in your calculator so yeah calculator um if you are allowed in your exam to take um to take uh, kind of pens in there then yep take pens um take, take pens in there I would always take a spare pen. To be honest, I normally took about four pens that were all the same just in case one of them broke and then another one fell on the floor and then another one snapped when I was using it. So I had the options to do that. Um, for some exams, and this is kind of a, a, a bit of a long shot, especially with most exams being computer-based, there are one or two exams where you still do need a ruler. And um, I think you all know, Ben, from teaching um, the uh, linear program with multiple limiting factors that there is still a requirement to use a, to use a ruler in one particular type of exam question. So anything like that that you would need to take with you. Um, I, I would also look at what do I need on the morning? So is there anything that I need to take with me that I might not be able to get? So you know, I, I would always take a bottle of water with me okay, to make sure that I've got a bottle. So I've got something to drink if I want to um, make sure that you've got appropriate things in terms of clothing with you. So, you know, we know exam halls can be sometimes really hot, sometimes really cold. So I, I would I'm the kind of person that would be wearing you know, some kind of like big coat, but with a T-shirt underneath it just in case. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you're you can deal with any eventuality um if you can and you're so you're taking a um a, a train to your exam i'd make sure that you've got your ticket bought in advance um so just anything that could go wrong on the day you've got measured and dealt with um you know uh, my um my wife's going to south end tomorrow so she's going to teach tomorrow she doesn't want to be late to class a bit like getting ready for an exam she's at the moment taking a drive to the petrol station to fill up with petrol even though she's got enough to get there because it's kind of below a quarter of a tank left she wants to be sure so it's just making sure that anything that could go wrong you, you've kind of got a plan for what about bet you ben i mean i suppose it was different in our day because we had to actually hand write exam papers didn't we so it was all about pens but what would you be taking in a kind of a modern exam is there anything i've missed um id documents if you're anything like me at home there is always a bit of an argument between me and my wife when we need to find the passports and getting those things ready where you know where they are in advance or driving licenses make sure you know what id documents you might need to show on the morning of your exam or the afternoon of your exam to actually be let into the room to do it and make sure you know where they are a student in my class today suggested one um, maybe this is back to the difference between the written exams that me and you would have done, Dave, and now the, the computer exams, the typed ones. Earplugs, something that actually I have noticed in my class this week. When I say go, you can all now have a go at practice task three. The, the, the reading takes a few moments and then suddenly there is a crescendo of typing. And I've got I've almost got visions of old fashioned films where in a, a newspaper office, you're in a typing room with just streams and streams and streams of people typing out copy. Um, it does get very, very noisy. And, and some students find that a really big distraction. Be interested to know in, in the chat box how many students do wear earplugs during their exams and whether you, you've used those to good effect to maybe just focus on your thoughts and your exam and block out some of the background noise. So earplugs is something you might want to consider and trial those and, and have a, a pair in your bag ready to go. Um, 
food and drink, I suppose, is an important one, and it probably moves us on to another area. But um, a couple of my students said bananas. I've written down bananas on my piece of paper anyway, from what they were saying. Um, other other fruits and foods are clearly available, but making sure you've got some snacks with you in case you, you, you feel in peckish, you want that kind of boost of energy during the exam. So uh, I don't know, a cereal bar, a banana. Um, I think healthy eating in a way on the day of the exam can possibly go out of the window. Maybe in the run up to the exam, you think a bit more about diet, but on the day of the exam, I would just have anything that you, you fancy to stop you having um, hungry thoughts instead of accounting finance thoughts in the exam. Dave, what, what's your go-to snack for a bit of a, a boost? So first thing that I would caution based on what you said there, Ben, is um, I, I wouldn't go to town eating a load of food that you are not used to eating. So I, I, I went through a, shall we say, a change of diet a while ago, which was imposed by my better half who decided that I needed to lose some weight. And the diet was basically based around eating lots more fruit and vegetables and um, not eating as many carbs, not eating as much meat um, over a period of time. And my go-to snack then, Ben, were, were bananas. And we got quite a lot of bananas in and I was grabbing bananas all day long. And I will tell you, there is a side effect that they don't advertise when you have a lot of banana. And it's not a side effect that you particularly want to have if you're in an exam room. So I'll leave people to Google what the side effects might be, but it's something you definitely wouldn't want. So I, I would say don't you know, suddenly experiment with food that you're not used to eating. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. You do need to make sure that you're fueled up for an exam. Um, I would you know, have a word of caution about suddenly eating a huge volume of food before an exam thinking, I'll fuel myself up by eating a load of pasta and then feel, feeling bloated and lethargic during the exam. So I, I would keep it reasonably light, but make sure that you are fueled up. Um, someone has mentioned it, it is important to, to be hydrated. Um, there is a, a link between um, kind of dehydration and your brain function. So if you are dehydrated, your brain will not function as well as if you're fully hydrated. But if you overhydrate, then you could be nipping to the toilet every 20 minutes during an exam and you don't want to lose that time. So I think there is a balance there. You do need to make sure that you, you know, that, that you are hydrated enough. But if you're sitting there drinking litre upon litre of water, then that is going to come back to haunt you before the exam's over. Brilliant. Next thing I've got on my list is um, to try and get some positive thoughts, positive vibes going on the day of the exam itself. A few different ways you can do that. Um, I really get positive vibes off people. There are go to people that actually I just get a positive feeling if I speak to them. So maybe just having those people available the morning of the exam if you need somebody to speak to. But that doesn't work for everybody. Dave, what, what, what's your thoughts on, on speaking to someone? You would be in my speed doll list if I needed a, a positive pick me up. Dave, just kind of talk me up for, for five minutes. I'm sure you would do a fantastic job. Um, from a personal perspective, I do not like to talk to other people before an exam. I I. I... I kind of internalize it and I focus and I'm, I want to be in my own bubble. Something that I, I used to do when um, the 
the, the ACCA exams used to take place as written exams and they, they happen twice a year and they happened in a big exam hall as they used to. Um, I used to go down to the venue where the exams took place um, in Chelmsford um, because I wanted to be there in case my students were, you know, had any queries, had any questions, and I couldn't allow any fears. And I'll tell you that when I went there, students fell into two camps. So I would, I would go into the area where they were kind of like, you could sit down, have teas or coffees. I'd sit down, I'd grab a coffee, and some of the students that I knew would avoid eye contact and would hide from me. And they, they, they consciously didn't want to see me, think about me, talk to me or have anything to do with me. And then I would say the other group, I'm probably, probably split about 50-50, the others just flocked towards me and they would ask me questions and they would say, what if this comes up, what would you do? And I would tell them. Or they'd say, I'm really, really worried because I don't know about X, Y and Z. Uh, and it would be, well, you know, it's unlikely you're going to get all three of those things coming up in the exam. Do you know about A, B and C? I like, yeah, yeah, I know about all of those things. And then people say, oh, I did this question last night and I would have written that. Is that enough? So some people just wanted that validation. They wanted to talk to me and they wanted that little bit of, you know, you know that there's someone there just to tell them that they were in the right place doing the right thing. So it very much comes down to who you are. And I think you're right. Some people kind of came away from it, went into the exam and they messaged me off and they go, I'm so glad that you came and had a word with me beforehand because it really settled my fears before the exam. The people that ignored me, I didn't hear from them because, you know, they probably weren't grateful that I was there and, you know, I made it a bit, a bit awkward and shied away. So if you're sitting an exam, work out which works for you. And for you, Ben, it, obviously, it's uh, I get positivity from people. So for you, it's going to be I want to talk to people. But I completely understand some of us, you know, don't particularly want to do that and want to focus on what they're going to do. And yeah, it, that may not work for you. So if, it, if it, you're the kind of person that likes to create their own bubble, and just focus on what they're going to do. Yeah, don't don't go out of your way to make yourself uncomfortable for an exam. Knowing you, Dave, if, if you don't want to speak to anybody, I would imagine you probably would want to listen to some music on the morning of your exam. Um, I've got visions. I, I love watching sport, any sport on telly. Um, and one of the things I really like watching is when we get the swimming at the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games or the, the, the yep. World Championships. And you'll see swimmers very much coming out these days with big um, headphone cans on. I'm not quite yep. sure what they are individually listening to, but they are so focused. They don't want to make eye contact with people. They don't want to speak to people, but they are using that to maybe just focus their attention on the, the upcoming task. Um, what, what's your experience of using music maybe in the run up to something? I'm a firm believer that music is just an amazing way to shift your mindset. And you, for me, I, I, you can almost, you know, you can use music to take yourself on a trip anywhere in terms of the way that you feel. And I, I think that it, Everyone has an experience of a summer holiday that they had when they were 14 and they had a brilliant time and they remember the music that happened on that holiday. And I'll guarantee you play that song tonight and it will take you back to that moment in time and it will make you feel nostalgic for the way that you were there. And I, I think you could do it with any piece of music that you associate with, this, with, with that a point in time. So if there was a point where you were playing for a football team and you won a tournament, 
there will be some piece of music that you associate at that time. Play that before you go into an exam and I'll guarantee it will bring back those feelings of success, of triumph, of winning, of adversity against others. Or listen to the soundtrack from a movie where that happens. Okay, There's a reason why people listen to Eye of the Tiger. Okay, It's because of Rocky. Uh, okay, it's because of, you know, we've all seen Rocky movies. We know what it's like. That, you know, the hero is as they're back against the ropes and they come fighting back and they eventually win the title. And that's what you associate that music with. So, it, it, you know, that that's, you know, by listening to it, it brings back those feelings and can help change your mood. I know that we, you know, when I've gone through, you know, stressful experiences, one of the ways to help change your mindset and think, I can, I can do this, is to play a piece of music, I play it loud, uh, and you can really shift the way that you feel. So yeah, absolutely, I would be listening to some kind of piece of music to try and help me change the way that I feel and help me feel more upbeat and confident. And, and you can prepare for that in advance, can't you? Don't, don't yep. stumble by accident on just switching on the radio in the car or on your headphones on the, the train to your exam. Get your playlist sorted out. Um, on, on the flip side, wouldn't it be ironic if you switched on the radio and it was a, a song that had negative connotations or something in your life? And that was the, the lasting thought that you had in the, the kind of last 20 minutes on the, the journey to the exam room. So um, take some control there and don't make that an accidental thing. Make it a deliberate thing. Absolutely. The last thing you want is Ed Sheeran being your soundtrack to an exam. I quite like Ed Sheeran. I've actually seen him in concert, but um, I, I understand that everybody's musical tastes are quite different. <laughs> um, next one, and I've, I've robbed this one and some of them from our, our good friend, colleague, tutor with you guys in Essex, Ian. Um, if you're listening, Ian, thank you. you. You sent us an email today with a link to a blog that you'd written. So I'm going to share it with guys in the chat box. I'll get it also put into the show notes for this episode. So you can go and have a look at Ian's blog on some of the things to, to deal with on the day of the exam. But he talks about the, the power of, of posture, actually being very good at generating a positive mindset. And actually, when I read it, I thought, do you know what, Ben? It's something that I do. Maybe don't consciously think of it, but it's something I do do. If, if I'm nervous, if I'm going into a room, for a meeting that I'm not quite sure how this is going to pan out. If I've got an element of apprehension, I do stand up. I do put my chest out. I do hold my head up. Now that's giving a positive mindset. It's actually making it easier to breathe so that there is some science behind it. I think putting put my shoulders back, putting my head up means I'm going to be hopefully taking in more oxygen, but it also just gives me that sense of confidence. I walk around almost with a bit of a, a swagger, not, not over the top. D Dave, what's your experiences of maybe using your body to actually generate positive thoughts? There, there is an amazing TED talk that you may have seen, Ben, by a lady called Amy Cuddy, where she talks about what she refers to as power poses. And she starts off by talking about the, the body language that we display and um why why we do that and there are certain poses that you that you, that you display when you're feeling certain ways and the one she talks about to start with, she talks about that when when athletes win a race and and if an athlete wins say a 100 meter sprint race they go over the line the first thing they do is they raise their hands above their heads and they look to the sky 
And virtually all athletes do that. And something that she says in this talk is that even blind athletes do it. So that's athletes that have never been able to see in their life that run a race and win the race. Their natural reaction to victory is to raise their hands up and look to the sky. So it's something that is inbred into it's bred into our uh, our DNA. In, in order, you know, when we're feeling good, we will reach for the sky and we will look upwards. And then she starts talking about how you can actually reverse engineer it by using body language to help to change the way that you feel. And she uses the, that whole analogy moving on. It says, how many times, for those of you who have had children, have you known that your child is hurt and is on the verge of tears? And if you ever see a child that's trying to not cry, they always look up and they look up and you can see the tears welling in their eyes, but they look and, and it's, a, a, it's an unconscious reaction to try and stop themselves crying. They're looking up at the sky because they're trying to get their body to do something different. So if we look confident, we can help, we, we can help to train our body to feel confident. So that's why when you think, oh, I need to look confident, you power dress, you change the way that you stand because you're trying to change the way that you feel. And as I say, if anyone has the time, look up Amy Cuddy, uh, and I think it'll be the first video hit you get will be to her TED talk. You will not regret looking at it because it's, it's just absolutely brilliant the way she talks about uh, the way she talks about how you can use the way that you hold yourself to change your mindset and the way that you feel. Brilliant, and um, lovely to see some thoughts coming through live in the chat box this evening. Um, big up for smiling, another way that you can get positive energy flowing. Um, people say you can hear a smile. You don't need to see somebody smiling to hear it in their voice, in their outlook. If you smile, it actually just gives a positive vibe. And linked to another one we've got, wishing the person next to you good luck for the exam. I think there's a lot to be said in that, actually. The positive signals that you give off actually being reciprocated back to you. Um, so you might not want to get in an in-depth conversation with anyone of their exam. We've kind of covered that one off, but actually just smiling at the people around you and saying good luck as you're walking in can be very powerful, not just for you, but for the other people around you. So thanks, guys. Re really nice tips there. We've done lots on positives. Let's just think about some of the potential things to avoid. So that the first one I've got here is avoid the focus on the things you can't do. So far, we haven't really talked about opening your study folder in the, the run up to the exam. And what I would be very fearful of is you opening your folder to the things that you know you are weakest at. Clearly, everybody has got elements of things that they are stronger at and things that are their potential nemesis in the exam. But what you don't really need to be doing on the morning or the night before the exam is focusing on the shortfalls. Again, by that point, you've got to trust in your preparations. Dave, I, I know you are a, a big advocate of not doing too much by way of opening your study folder altogether on the, the night before or the morning of your exam. No, I think that, and this is very much if if you've done everything that your tutor has, has asked you to do and you have been putting the work in, I, I think one of the worst things you can do on the night before an exam is look at your notes. Um, I, I think the, the best thing you can do for your exam success is rest, is, is close your books, put them away, 
you know, make sure you eat sensibly, have an early night, get a good night's sleep, and your exam performance will be so much better for having for being well rested in the exam room. You know, if you you know spend all night studying, um, you'll be thinking maybe I could squeeze an extra two marks out, but the fact that you're then going to bed at three o'clock in the morning, you're getting two hours sleep, and then you're on a train and you're feeling tired and not feeling on top of things. It, it, you're not going to get the same performance as if you would have, um, as if you'd had a good night's sleep. You know, I, I do say that if you're a well-prepared student, which we hope everyone is. Um, you know, if you've done no study whatsoever and you're going to the exam tomorrow and it's the first time you picked up your textbook, you're probably better off pulling an all-nighter because, you know, you're not going to stand much of a chance as it is. But, yeah, for good, well-prepared students, which I hope most of our students are if they've listened to the instructions that we've given them over the last term, then, yeah, good night's sleep for the exam, really important. My other don't is, is don't change too much. You've already talked about uh, a change of diet, which can have consequences, a change in routine, a change in, I don't know, um, cracking open a new pair of socks the day of your exam. I wouldn't be changing too much in my, my build up. I would be going through a pretty standard routine in the exam itself please, please, please don't make the decision on the morning of the exam. I'm actually going to fundamentally change my approach. If you've been practicing a standard approach, you've been practicing timings that work for you throughout the exams, spreading your time amongst the tasks, it can be extremely dangerous if you then go and try and change things right in the last minute before the exam. So trust in your preparation, trust in your build up, and try not to change too much going into it. Got some other bits coming through in the chat box. Don't second guess your instinct. Something I am incredibly conscious of and talk to students all of the time. There is a very fine line in the exam between carefully checking your work. And I think Dave, you like me would advocate just maybe going back over some bits and just making sure you haven't made some silly mistakes and misreads. But occasionally students go too far with that and they actually then start meddling with stuff that they've done and actually can undo some good stuff that they've put into their answers already. And this is a particular risk that you can get into, particularly if you find, and the exams are time pressured, but if you find, oh, at the end of the exam, I've now got 20 minutes left, that can be a really dangerous 20 minutes. Dave, what's your usual advice to a student in those situations? Exactly, as you say, Ben, and I've seen some evidence from some examiners about exactly what you described so I was at a conference of um, one of the institutes and they actually showed us an unsuccessful script and they said the reason we want to show it is because this this exam was purely unsuccessful due to exam technique and the fact that they they they've made a mistake with their approach to the exam and what had happened is it was a tax exam and if you remember back to your tax exams if you've got a company that has a long accounting period, longer than 12 months, you need to split your tax calculations into a 12 month period and then whatever makes up the difference. And this student hadn't done that. So they'd done a tax calculation, say for a 15 month accounting period, and they worked it all the way through and they calculated the tax liability at the end. And the total question mark allocation was about 15 marks or so for doing that particular calculation. 
Then what they did is they'd recognize their mistake when they checked it. They crossed out what they've done. And then they redid the question again, this time doing it correctly for a 12 month accounting period, then for a three month accounting period. And their mark went up from they would have got originally out of 15 marks, they would have got 10 out of 15. And the mark that they got then went up to, I think, 14 out of 15. So they got four extra marks for doing that. But what the examiner then pointed to, they didn't have time to complete the last question that was worth 20 marks. So in order to chase that perfection in an earlier question, by realizing I've made a mistake, cross it out, start again, they hadn't given themselves enough time to complete the final question of the exam. So to chase four extra marks, it had cost them the opportunity to get 20 marks at the end. So sometimes, even if you recognize, I think I might've made a mistake here, you've got to leave it and move on. Because the worst thing that you can do is leave a question unanswered. Because if you get something a bit wrong, you still might pick up some marks. But if you don't answer a question, you're going to get no marks. So it's make sure that even if you realize there's a mistake, make sure you've attempted every question. And only if you've got time left at the end, would I ever go back and, and try and correct something else that I've made, that I've realized I've made a mistake on. And in the current exam environment, computer-based, I think it's even more dangerous because it's very easy to start deleting things from your answer, to start editing them down. And actually, my overwhelming sentiment to students is leave it in. Um, yep. Very rarely do you get exams negatively marked so that they start taking marks away for things that are there that shouldn't be. But you might actually pick up a few extra marks that you weren't expecting for things that they can award marks for. And it's always quite inspiring and reassuring listening to markers that they genuinely do want students to pass. They are genuinely very positive and they want to award marks and can award marks for things that are actually there and visible in the scripts that they get once it's all been submitted at the end of the exam. So um, I think the overwhelming sentiment there is leave it in and make sure that you are moving on at the appropriate time yeah and the the, the appropriate time is is very relevant because i've just looked down at my clock again and it is now one minute past seven so again we are we are going into extra time almost like a world cup football match as we're recording this the world cup has started this week and there's been quite a lot of added time at the end of the matches so far um i hope this session has given you some thoughts some positive vibes, some powerful messaging around things that you can do. The exam is within your control. There are some things that you can't control, but actually some of the stuff we've talked about are things you can make very positive steps, positive actions to say, I'm not going to lose control of this on the day of the exam. Um, I hope it's been useful. Good luck with the exams. We are coming up, as I say, to a really busy time for exams. I wish you all the best of luck. You deserve to do really, really well. Dave, I'm going to hand over to you to do the final wrap up tonight for the podcast listeners. 
Thank you very much, Ben. I, I do think this is one of the most challenging times of year because it, the, the days are short, the nights are dark, the mornings are dark, it's cold, it's wet. It feels like this time of year goes on forever and it is tough doing exams. So there's only a short period of time for most people to do exams. And then you've got the, the festive new year period where most people step away from their studies. We have got time for a break there. Something I know that we've talked about in the past and I'm sure we're gonna talk about again soon is, what we can do after the exam. Uh, and uh, I know I've mentioned this to a few students already this week, is one of the most important things you can do after you after you complete the exam is give yourself a reward for all your hard work that, that, that you've done. So um, on that note, hopefully anyone that is taking the exam over the next few weeks has got that lined up. I know, Ben, you and I have got Christmas parties lined up when exams are finished. I've got lots of things that I'm planning to do when the students have sat their exams, because for me, it's a stressful period as well. So I appreciate that anyone that's taken the time out to listen to this in the busy study period. We hope it's gone some way to help you get ready for those exams. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading and good luck in those exams to anyone sitting them in the next few weeks. Thank you.